This is the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore. Proceed with caution with me, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Uh, we are so excited today. Uh, another week, another sermon, another podcast. Yes, sir. And uh, man, uh, what a great Sunday service that we had. Uh, it was amazing. And on the mic with us today, uh, joining us for the podcast is Bishop Aaron James, Pastor Aaron James for Relevant Life Church, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron. <laughs> hey, man. I'm happy to be on with y'all, man. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, man. So we're super excited. Uh, it was a great Sunday, Great two great services. And, uh, you know, it, I, I, love, um, I love being able to have brothers uh, come in and minister in the pulpit here at TC. And uh, Aaron did a great job. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the plug in for Aaron. You can catch him on Instagram or Twitter. At Aaron James, that's E A R O N J A M E S. So, if you guys want to give him a shout out, if you want to uh, tweet him, follow him, any of those things, you can do that on Instagram and Twitter. And you can catch me at Brad Livingston underscore. Now that that is out of the way, Sunday was uh, two great services. And uh, Aaron, tell me, you know, I always love to hear an outsider's perspective coming in. And so, um, you know, tell me how you felt coming in uh, on Sunday. Man, TC always feels like home. You know what I'm saying? You know, we go way back. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things that I do love, especially with the transition that you guys made a few years back, like the the atmosphere, even with Hearts of Love, like it was always just that, right? It was always love. But the cool thing was that like getting out of my car, walking in, just it was it was this uh, awesome structure but it wasn't mechanical. You know what I'm saying? It was genuinely heartfelt. So you know that there's a value there where people love Jesus. They love the house. They love to serve, man. And so um, I always love it when I have the opportunity to worship with you guys because there is definitely a strong sense of things being done in excellence, but it's always connected to the nature and the character of God, man. And it's always, it feels like to me anyway, for the purpose of how can we um, connect people to God's truth, his love, and his power, man? And you guys do a great job of doing that. Oh, man. Thank you. We, yeah. uh, we appreciate it, brother. It, it is. It's a, like I said, I mean, it's, it's an honor. And, and uh, we talked about it a little bit at the first service, but uh, we didn't talk about it as much as the second service, but just how close even you have been in regards to proximity, you know, in my personal life and uh, everything with Jabin and, but not just that, man, in my marriage and, uh, just as who I consider an older brother full of wisdom and able to walk through a few things and kind of do that, man, I just, it's always so much greatly appreciated, you know? So why'd you have to say older like that? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, huh. well, there's no. a, you know, there's an age. Uh, so, so, huh. uh, Aaron serves as one of our overseers at TC. Yeah, so yeah. there's, I think there's an age to be an overseer. You gotta be at least 50 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron just took his headphones off and walked out. This, <laughs> walked out the room just now. Nah, I ain't, I ain't there yet. But there's nah. enough gray in the beard that I could I could possibly I let's could talk. Possibly let's pass. talk about the beard for a second. I gotta say, <laughs> listen, it's an epic beard. I call it the lion's mane of beards. Aaron's Aaron's is it, it's quite a beard. Yeah. It's it's nice. You know, you don't realize it. Like I don't even realize it. All right. Like you get up in the morning, you go through your personal grooming routine. We won't get into that. Right. 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 Uh, we don't need people knowing that kind of information, but you know what I'm saying? But then <laughs> here's what I noticed, bro. Here's what I noticed. So Brad took a picture 
or I think you think you did a, a, a Instagram story, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so while we we're having lunch, I was peeping it, and I looked down. I was like, "Dang, my beard is big." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what I noticed. I noticed when I get the, you know, because how often do you look at yourself? Like right. even your your the view in the mirror, especially is, at weird angles. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, like, I turned my head. I was like, "Wow!" But then. You're like after the Black the, Duck Dynasty. Yeah, dude. After the initial shock, <laughs> after the initial shock, it was like this kind of admiration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's you me. Know? Yeah. But I will say this. If one more person. <laughs> Here we go. Calls me James Harden. <laughs> like, we're about the same weight, but we're nowhere near the same height. Yeah, he's only like six, seven. Like, dude, I'm like, like, I was walking into Office Depot with with deuce the other day man and this lady was like james harton i was like i had this before james yeah right right right. this Get goes it right. before james before james is in the nba i had this beard coming to me yeah, sideways but yeah now man it's like i think that it's attached to to my to my identity and so i can't like like so it's like donald trump's hair it ain't going anywhere it's, it's like, part of you <laughs> it don't flap in the wind no 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 it stays very still yeah 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 <laughs> No, it's, it's so funny, man. My wife, she always about, she's like, you will never not have a beard ever again. And I'm like. Oh, she really likes it. Oh, she's she's about the beard. So, but okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. See, initially, right? Initially, like our wives were a little iffy about it. Yeah, she it, was though. not a fan. You know what I'm saying? Gate, yeah. well, if, but people ask me, I tell them, look, it literally grew on her. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's weird. Yeah. No, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> what what are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, what? No, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it did. No, my wife is the same way. What was funny is uh, so she, I grew up the beard. She was talking about it. She's like, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. And then she saw a picture of me without it, without it, and she yeah. went, Oh my god, you are never gonna now, not have a beard. I saw a picture not so long ago. It, it was the old. It was at the old location or something. Y'all were doing yeah. baptism or something. You had like the little thin uh, uh, little chin, chin strap. strap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked like a little thug love, like those from are, the skating ring. That was very questionable. Those are questionable. <laughs> days. I saw that, and when I. Saw saw it bro i was like huh dang is that how we were rolling back then yeah, yeah. Like, like, well it was that's a problem it was. you had a clean shave face I, I had a chin strap i've had a goatee since eighth grade i had never shaved it ever since i was able to grow a goatee in eighth grade listeners mind that like eighth grade goatee but since then i have had a goatee i've never shaved it off i've always had it so i then i had the chin strap thing but well, I don't, I don't, yeah, questionable tactics back then. Now we're a little closer up to David Times. Not that any of you listeners are here to talk about <laughs> our beards and our facial hair structure, but yeah, they tuned uh, out. Yeah, but Aaron, uh, yeah, part of his anointing comes from his beard. And so we, we just wanted to surface that for a second. That's an Old Testament thing. It's a long story. We're Psalm not going to get into it. Psalm 133, man. What can we say? <laughs> so, um, Aaron, man, so grateful. Flip the script. You, so you got to lead, you got to lead off on mm-hmm. the flip the script series. Um, and uh, for many of you, maybe you haven't caught the the sermon just yet, or uh, you know the flip the script series for us is is the, for us we're flipping the scripture on how we've traditionally looked at the Bible and, and traditional uh, preaching nowadays, particularly in the Western Church. Um, in some of these areas, we tend to read the Bible and we insert ourselves into the hero's position. Um, and the whole idea idea of flipping the script is we're flipping the script and rereading and relearning some of our Bible stories and and rereading our Bible from the context of learning that we're not the hero. And as a matter of fact, the the people that we're reading about in our Bibles are not the hero. 
um, but that everything points to the hero, uh, which is Jesus. And Aaron, you got to got to lead off on that. So walk us through a little bit because we're not going to read all of First Chronicles 17 right now, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but kind of give me the overview of where you were at with your approach into that that topic today. Well, first of all, I've got to say that the the idea of doing a series such as this was was very refreshing, right? Because one of the things that we, we see is that we have this propensity to insert ourselves at the center of everything. It happens at a personal level. It happens at a generational level. Like you see, like even generational tension. It's like, well, back in my day, you know, right, these right, right. kids and, you know, our generation is always better, you know, so on and yes. so forth. And so um, one of the things I love and I'm appreciated more and more, the more that I engage the scriptures um, and, and when I say engage the scriptures, I'm talking like even as a personal level of committing to read the scriptures through um, at least once a year for years now um, is that you see that God is at the center of everything. Mm -hmm. And this amazing idea, man, that our God who is all knowing, all powerful and beautiful, glorious and perfectly holy and just condescends to us to reveal himself in human written language. Because obviously there is something that he desires to communicate to us. And that, of course, is himself. Right. Like who else is he going to be about? Right. And so we tend to kind of treat the word of God. As I was saying earlier uh, today during the services, just in my love for comic books, we kind of turn the characters that scripture speaks of. We kind of treat them like they're movies, you know, and right. and like, for instance, we, we, we it's it's in a way you could almost say like in a way like it's it's elevation. But in some cases, it could be like outright deification. <laughs> right. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so like I'm an 80s kid, man. And I remember growing up watching Rambo and Commando, you know, back when Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone were, you know, not 80. And um, <laughs> and. You know what's interesting about those movies? And and I don't know about you guys. You ever go back and watch them? They're like comedies now. Yeah. Because you're like, all right, <laughs> bro. Okay, you're standing on a hill with no cover and 30 people are shooting at you. Right. And not one of them hits you. Yeah, but you're going to pop them off with but a you, Glock from 30 yards. <laughs> but okay. you're going to get all of them. Right. And so, you know what I'm saying? And so I think we have a tendency to kind of do that. And so when we do that, we lose, when we lose the humanity of Moses, or David, or Adam, we lose our ability to relate to them mm. in their weaknesses and in their shortcomings and things of that nature. And I think that whenever that gulf exists, man, I think we lose out on the reality of God's grace and how we're all in the same boat and how we all need it desperately, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so, so huge. And uh, so take us, uh, take us there with David, because uh, David was your... That was your character. That was your subject. Yeah. Um, and so uh, kind of give us a maybe a brief synopsis of, of how you were introing the text into what you wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to kind of go off the beaten path. Yeah. So typically when, when you hear about David, if you've grown up in church, the first thing you think is Goliath, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I thought of this text and I really believe the Lord laid it on my heart because David is in a different season of life. Right. When he faces Goliath, he's at the beginning. I mean, he's a teenager. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. And so um, w without being disrespectful, he's still kind of like in that young punk phase. True. You know, he's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot to experience. And at this point, 
David's an older man and David can see the end. Right. And so he's thinking about his life and his legacy. And there's something that he really, really wants to do. He's very passionate about it. Like, I mean, it's it's you could even make a strong argument that it's like a borderline obsession. Right. For David to build a place of worship. And God tells him, no, man. Mm -hmm. And then the way that God tells him no is profound. Um, you know, one of the things that the God that the Lord tells him is that, you know, you you're a man of war. Your right. job was war. Right. You know, and, and you did your job. You did your job. Yeah. But this is now the kingdom is now being ushered into a time of peace. Mm. That's when the king, that's when the temple's going to be built. Mm. And so this is not for you to do, man. Like it was the equivalent of the Lord taking Moses to see the promised land. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, but you're not going to make it, though. Yeah. And what I love about both of those is that Moses was OK with it. And so was David. And that mm -hmm. just blew me away, bro. Yeah. Blew me away. Yeah. To be so committed, you know, uh, so committed to to god's intention and purpose and plan for our life man uh like that to the point that we'll lay ourselves down is is that's huge um and so we we looked at the first point um so and with the first point that you brought up uh the first point that you established here um is that the central theme of the scripture uh is the person the person and work of jesus christ um, and you talked about uh, the Bible being theocentric. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of give us, talk to us about that a little bit. Well, one of the things that we have to be very careful to, to recognize is that, again, Scripture is is God's revelation of himself. God mm -hmm. is making himself known mm -hmm. in a covenantal way. So the, the, the reason that we call the Bible the first, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, those are covenant words, right? And so... The, 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 the scriptures are a covenant document that reveal the person and the work of God that that as we engage the word of God, it shows and reveals who he is and, and what he has done and what he has said. And then based on who he is, what he's done and what he has said, then that is the context within our identity is shaped. And we got to be careful not to flip that. Right. Because I've seen a lot of you know, a lot of times the, the mistake being made of, of going through the scriptures as if it's a book that I could just kind of close my eyes and thumb through the pages and just wherever my finger lands on, I could claim that as a promise for me. I don't know about that, you know, <laughs> right, right, you, right. you know, and and so but when we understand like the that, word prosperity. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Okay, so so you, you open the door. I'm, let okay. me walk through it for a second. Let me walk through it for a second. Yeah. So like I heard this guy teaching one time that that the 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 possessions that Abraham had, mm -hmm. they were definitely symbolic of God's blessing upon him. But this teacher was falsely making the connection that we should be rolling like Abraham, right? That if the blessings of God are upon us, we should be, you know, living like Abraham had camels. He was like, and, you know, what was camels? A mode of transportation. So he had more than one. And so, you know, you could have more than like kind of going off like that. Right. Wow. And so it was such a blatant mishandling of God's word. I was like, bro, have you heard of Jesus? Like, have you read the Gospels, though? You know, and what about this guy named Paul? Are you familiar with his ministry? The same God, the same Paul that says, I know how to abound and I know how to be a base. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I think it's so important that when we engage the word of God, we've got to see that it's to reveal Christ. Like, I mean, dude, that still blows my mind. Just saying it to y'all right now here 
God has made himself known. Yeah. 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 That's I you know you ever heard that song? You know, you remember the old Mickey Mouse song? M I C K E Y you guys remember that? Yeah. Aaron, you remember that? M I C K E Y M A U S E you know. Okay, boy, don't 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 do that to me. I think we need to make up a jingle for hermeneutics. Like H E R M E N E G S E S. Yeah, like I'm going to start just jingling that off at random people <laughs> when they're preaching. It's like H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C-S. Anyway, so. Yeah. But it goes uh, back yeah. to what you're saying, though. It's 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 so humanistic, everything now, that, you know, how we approach the Bible. It's like the video going around right now with Jesse Duplantis is out there, you know, the, oh, of him dear. with that 54, you know, and, and he's saying, you know, if Jesus was alive today, he'd be on a jet, you know, he'd be but, trying to get to the world. Oh, no, he'd be walking, <laughs> man. You know, but. It's it's but it's all it's almost like it's all centered on I don't know if it's the Western just us in the Western yeah. church but it's all humanistic going back to the what you're talking about with mm-hmm. these the stories in the Bible being about us the hero. So here's one yeah. thing I noticed and I'm going to use a sports analogy for a second. Do you remember? I think it was two playoffs ago. Steph Curry lost his temper for the first time through his mouthpiece. Through when he threw his mouthpiece. I remember. You remember yeah. that? I don't know if you remember that. It, so okay, so Steph Curry, Christian NBA basketball player, known as a believer, mm-hmm. he advertises his faith in a in a healthy and I believe a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't wear it in a judgmental tone on his on his sleeve. He just talks about being a believer, and I respect it. I applaud him for it. Anyways, I think it was two playoffs ago. I think it was 2016. He lost his temper in the game. He throws his mouthpiece, um, and I remember watching as. You know, a good chunk of the Christian world was like, I can't believe, you know, like people that weren't a fan of Steph Curry, but were believers. So they were like LeBron fans, but they're believers. And they were like, well, if he was Can a believer. Can you do that? <laughs> Anyways, I'm that's, 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 it. that's <laughs> I'm a, send your emails to <laughs> at Aaron James. <laughs> You can find him on Twitter. No. Um, so, But I remember watching believers like hose this dude down over losing his temper in a game, which I was – my first reaction was like, obviously, y'all never played sports before because – anyway, so – but all, all, all that to say is it is crazy to me where Christians and believers draw the line in the sand – on what is and is not permissible based on how it lines up with their ideological viewpoint in that moment mm-hmm. about that topic. Yeah. In other words. <laughs> so so the same person got mad at Steph Curry throwing his mouthpiece yet voted for any person uh, that has some questionable uh, character. <laughs> Man, where's so, my organ? So, 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 stop myself. That's kind of yeah. yeah. That, but that is what yeah, I'm getting yeah, yeah, yeah. at. Even even uh, and uh, this isn't uh, this isn't a hazing or a, a put down on Trump singularly. No, any person that runs for office, when character issues come up, don't avoid the character issue hit it head on in other words be like no that's not okay we're not just going to skip over that like that didn't exist and if you if you're going to support that candidate or whatever and this isn't a political podcast but all that to say is it's like no no no, we got to hit these things head on so all what i'm getting at is like oh that person can't lose their temper um and still and and still profess their faith yeah. in christ they should know better but this person spent 54 million dollars on a jet and I'm good with that because I met them this one time at this retreat yeah. and they preached there and I heard their heart. And so now because I've heard them preach one time or I sat with them at a conference or I knew them, known them for 
10 years or I've like what, whatever whatever the case may be like I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's okay but that over there isn't yeah and it's just like man where do why, where do we draw these weird lines and when is it it's, permissible to it's like so arbitrary it's insane to me like can we call like can we say what is not of Christ and call it not of Christ listen the man wants to spend 54 million dollars spend 54 million dollars but don't say it's godly I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying he's going to hell. I'm just saying don't say it's God's work when he's dropping 54 million dollars on something for him to well, fly. Hey, like, come on, look, not that we want to talk on that, but watching watching that video, you know, he talks about how God told him to believe for it, and then I'm interesting. Like, well, you know, and here's my thing with the whole H E R M E N E U T. You know, a couple years ago it was Creflo Dollar, you know, but here's my thing, and I felt the same way. A 54 million dollar jet is like my question is like, you want a jet and you feel you even need it for your ministry? Okay, I've tried to fly before and have my flight delayed. I could see the benefit of a private jet, to be honest with you. But like a thirty million dollar jet won't get it. It's got, you know what I mean? Like a twenty million dollar jet won't yeah. get it. You know, it's like man, you could. There's so much more you can do with that money. Yeah, yeah no exactly, doubt. exactly. But not that we're. Yeah, so so that. all that to say, like I agree with you. That's and that's why, I, like, to me, it's just one of those things where it's like. We cannot be in, and I think you even kind of got into that uh, at the, in services where it was like, we cannot be in control of what we see as our destiny and our purpose because our heart is wicked. Yeah. And you, I mean, you touched on yeah. that. Like, come on, man. Like, we got to figure out where we're drawing this line. Yeah. Uh, yeah that was a good statement, though, that whole, the follow your heart. Yeah. That yeah. was good, you know, um, because, man, at the end of the day. Look, yeah, and, and, and that, that brings us to our second point, though, right. right? You know, God's purpose superseded David's passion. Yeah. And here's what's scary, y'all. We can be offset sometimes and sabotage not by bad stuff, but by good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. by by good stuff. Like it could be something that's not bad, like David wanting to uh, construct a place of worship that brought glory to God. That's not a bad thing. Right. But it wasn't David's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, have, a, we have a saying on the podcast, there's a difference between good things and right things. Yeah. Right. The, the, it was a good thing, but it wasn't the right thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we fight that though, right? A hundred percent. Absolutely. You know, and, and because think about it. If, let's say, let's say if David wanted to argue with Nathan, when Nathan brought him that word back from the Lord, don't you think that, you know, um, even though the Old Testament canon wasn't complete, but let's just say hypothetically, at least most of it was, right? Don't you think that there is some passages that David couldn't have pulled up? Oh, come on, man. To support his cause? (laughs) Come on. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, You know, and so so that for him to receive a no on that, it was a good thing, but it's like, that's not your purpose. And it's learning how to see that we are not the end all be all. Like I can't save, I have not been called to save everybody, reach everybody, preach to everybody. Like there is a lane that God has sovereignly and graciously carved out for each one of his sons and daughters to function in. Yeah. And not only that, even the manner in which God and his economy has gifted us, right? God I don't have, there are some people that have like a greater magnitude of gifting to preach than I do. We don't all get the same amount right? <laughs> and we don't all get the same time. It's God as in, in his economy, like he decides that, like right. 
all of it is his and he desi- he decides what he does with it as he will. It's the parable of the owner of the vineyard in Matthew chapter 20. You know, he brings people into work in his vineyard. And he tells them, this is how much I'm going to give you. But then as the day wears on, he hires more people, but the wages don't change. Mm-hmm. And then there are some cats that got there literally at the end of the workday that got paid the same thing as the guys who had been there all day. Right. And so when they bought their beef to the vineyard, he was like, whoa, 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 hold on for a second. It's my money. Right. When when I brought you in, did we not agree on the terms? So I I do what I see fit to do with that, which is mine. And man, I'm telling you, that is a thing about God, man, that especially as of late, as I've just been reading the scriptures, man, and just digging into um, just some studies that I'm doing personally, Man, that is an aspect of God, the freedom of God that he possesses to do what he will with that which is his. And you know why we don't like that? Because we don't have control. We don't have a say so. And I don't know about y'all, but I like having control and I like having a say so. Absolutely. Big yes. Big yes to both of those. Big yes. Yeah. No, that's and I think that's one of the things and even in life. And I think that. I think I think the second point of what you talked about in the sermon personally, I think is what if I had to pick one that kind of highlighted the the listeners, the congregant, anyone that listens to the podcast of the sermon, their ability to connect the the series and what we are getting at. I think that the second point was kind of the one um, that really laid that out well. Mm-hmm. That kind of was like, oh, okay. Which is this idea uh, that we all have plans in our life, and most of the time the plans that we have in our life are to benefit our life, um, and more often than not, God steps in at some point and goes, oh, "I know you had this planned, but I'm going to do this over here." Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't that 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 doesn't fit into my five year plan, or that that messes up my four hundred one k, or that mm-hmm. you know that I got to spend some money on that mission trip, right? Oh, but I, that means I'm gonna have to give more than just ten percent on a Sunday, or that's gonna require me to to work less, therefore make less money, therefore I'm not gonna be able to afford that boat in ten years. So yeah, like it it kind of steps into our life and it takes away all of our plans and it puts that pressure on God to do exactly with our life that he the thing he intends to do with it yeah which again like hero reinsertion here that we find out our life is not our own it does belong to the lord why because we're not the hero here absolutely. you know what i mean so i think that was kind of a good connection point absolutely so yeah absolutely kind of goes, goes to the third point yeah what you got justin david was never the hero it was always god yeah yeah so walk me through your mindset on that third point there. I mean, we I get it. It's pretty plain and simple, but kind of walk me through where you're at there. So again, in, in first Chronicles 17, the Lord isn't like he's not downing David. Like the tone is a tone of grace and love, you know, from father, you know, to son. That's the, you know, that's that that's the feeling of it, right? Right. But what the Lord is doing, he he's like, I took you out of the sheep pasture. Hmm. I gave you victory. Hmm. I subdued your enemies. You want to build me a house, but oh, I'm going to build yours. Right. (laughs) I'm going to establish your legacy. And I love those portions of scripture where you see God laying out how and reminding us how he is the one that has taken the initiative. And it lets us see that throughout David's life, that behind it, underneath it, before it, all of it, 
it was God. It was God sustaining David that David's yeah. life from beginning to end, we see the sovereign grace of God at work. I mean, here's a young man that I've heard people argue that David was even illegitimate because when all of the sons were called in, David wasn't called. And it's almost like he was an afterthought to Jesse. You know, all the sons come in. And when the last son finally comes in, you know, uh, the Lord's like, that's not him. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, do you have any more children? Like, are there any more sons? Right. Here? Like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That other one. <laughs> that other one. <laughs> yeah. And so think about that for a second, man. Here's a guy that was literally brought in from the fields. And God said, that's the one that I've chosen right. to lead this nation. Mm-hmm. All the while, all the while, knowing what he was getting into in choosing David. Mm-hmm. David's adultery and his murder did not take God by surprise. Yeah. Like God, at, 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 at none of those events did God go, I didn't see that happen. No. Yeah. Shocker. You know? Yeah. And so we have to take that in consideration. If God knew even all of those things that David would do and still graciously chose him, God is the hero. It's not. And so to say that David is not the hero is not a slam against David. It's not putting David down. But what it is doing is it's putting things in their proper perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we if we can see it that way. Right. If we can see that David's not the hero here, if, if we can do that, that's the opening opportunity for self-reflection. You know what I mean? So when we when we look at ourselves, when we look at our story, when we look at where we're at, you know, that's our opening opportunity for, for self-reflection for us to go, man, if David's not, if David wasn't the hero of Goliath and David wasn't the hero building the temple and if David wasn't even the hero of his own life, because essentially that's what we're talking about. The reason you chose the end of his life was to say that not only David, not only were you not the hero over Goliath, you weren't the hero over any of this. All those wars that you won, you weren't the hero then either. Yeah. All those victories that you have, you weren't the hero then either. Yeah. Uh, all the grace you've received, like all man, your ability to even be close to God despite all your mess ups, that's st- it's still none of that is because you're awesome. Yeah, it's all because of the grace and uh, it's all because of mercy and it's all because God chose to give you all of the he chose to let you be victorious he chose to let you be anointed he chose to let you go through and because of all those things that lets us see who the true hero is yeah that like that gives us the view of god that we need to have yeah. you know w- real quick one of the things that i didn't get to talk about you know uh, this morning that just came to mind is just even from the standpoint of a leader what were the people saying when david defeated goliath when they came back from battle like they were saying, uh, I mean, Saul, Saul, has Saul saved, killed his thousands. Saul, David has slain his ten, ten thousands. thousands. Yeah, yo, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something, man. That'll put you. That'll hype you up a little bit. That kind of praise is toxic for our souls as leaders, man. <laughs> hey, come on, bro. Let's talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Think about like listening to that. Like, yes, yeah, son. Yeah. Ten yeah. thousands. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? you know, and man, when when we drink as leaders, or just as people, period, from that well. Hmm. To, mm. to become intoxicated on the praise of man. Man, listen. It is such a setup for us, man. <laughs> I feel like Tyler right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I'm no, saying? I mean, y'all know, you, you guys know what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Man, the, the, the addiction of approval, um, because that's what that does, man. When, when men's words, when people's words, when that sort of praise, man, when that poisons your spirit like that, 
you get addicted to mm-hmm. that approval process to the extent that you'll do anything for it. Man, look, and uh, and that's what I man. I tweeted out a while ago. Um, you know, the idea that whatever whatever it took to put you on the mountaintop, that's what it's going to take to keep you there. You know what I mean? So if you always felt like a failure until people until you started getting more than a hundred likes on your Instagram photos. That means you're going to do whatever it takes to keep getting 100 yeah. likes, even yeah. if it questions your character, even if it, it causes you to post stuff you would have never posted two years ago. Like, you'll do whatever it takes to stay on top of that mountain. Um, and, you you know, and with David, that's a prime, man, prime example. You know, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. You can see David back there like, yeah, I did do, you know. So, but what does that mean? I got to keep, that means I got to keep doing. It means yeah. I got to keep doing. And if anything we've learned about this walk of faith is it has nothing to do with the doing. That's right. You know what I mean? Like this, this faith walk for us, different in David's era, but uh, man, this faith walk for us is ne- it's never been about the doing. You yeah. know what I mean? If anything, it's been about the it's been about the consistent faith of who God is in our life. Again, remembering the hero. But yeah, man, like that's some t- that's toxic, bro. Uh, man, approval and accolades, man. I, I, we have seen it. Us three being in the pastoral world, we mm-hmm. have seen it take the best of men. You know what I mean? Like destroy well, people's character. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've met of all all the pastors I've met in my life. You know, a lot of them are just the uh, maybe before they were you know saved or whatever. You know, they just there's a lot of ego in this. And and I don't mean that completely negative. I'm speaking for myself. You yeah. know, like someone yeah. who's I had a slight ego back in the day. You know, it's like but I think that a lot of times the, it, it's that kind of people, you know, charismatic people, the people want to be around. But. Then and then you put it into the world of pastors where you may be giving it all you got to lead your church or this or that. Yet you're compared to the church down the block that's bigger than yours, you know. And you, you hear those or you go to conferences and it's all church growth, church growth, and you go home and you're like, well, I'm not growing like that, you know. So am I doing something wrong because yeah. I'm not growing like they're growing, even though we're doing the same thing or same principles or whatever. Man, I just, you know, then you do something right and then people are patting you on the back. I mean, how many times you preach people come, you know, good, good job, pastor, good yeah. word, pastor, you know, it's like, I don't make you feel good, you yeah. know, but. Well, that's, and that's the problem. I think, you know, like even for us as pastors, like, so we, we you know, when, when you do that and, you know, like, like honest moment when we preach a message and 50 people walk out the door saying that was, man, that was just amazing. That was such a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens next week when only 20 people say it? Now are you are you going, man? This one must not have been that like that must. And I'm I needed to. I should have worked hard. I should have studied more. I should like I should have yeah. done. Well, you know. I yeah. should, like, well, well, then it goes even beyond that. And we've had this discussion here, uh, you know, internally as far as stuff we post on like Instagram or, or your social media leading up to a message. Like every message isn't life changing, right. right? You know, and if you look at every, Yo. if you look at every church, I say every, if you look at most church slash pastors. In, uh, social media leading up to a Sunday, <laughs> the greatest message I've greatest ever preached message is ever, coming this Sunday. Best series of your life. Don't miss it. You, you know, life changing <laughs> every week. It's like, come on, bro. Hey, look, so you get a life changing <laughs> word every you Sunday. Know, you know what set me free? I don't have to bring. I don't have to bring it every week. Right. And and one of the things that I'm so grateful for is recognizing the fact that the power, the the life changing ability comes from the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's word. And so it's been like you preach long enough, you'll have those sermons where, and I know that all the other preachers listen to this, you're way more spiritual and you're way more prepared. But some Uh weeks, some weeks you don't get to prepare. 
like you normally do. Some weeks life punches you in the face, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Or some weeks you just miss it and mismanage your time. Yeah. For whatever you reason. You can say that too. Yeah. For whatever reason, right. right? Yeah. And then you're thinking, well, I'm not as prepared as I normally am or this happened or that happened. And that's the Sunday that there is someone who is walking through something so drastic and so serious mm -hmm. and you preach and it's almost like you just want to run out the door when you're done. Cause you're like, I just, yeah. you know, yeah. if this yeah. was a, if this was a baseball game, I just went over, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. 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 And then Ooh. they walk up to you and they're like, I needed to hear that word today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, but yeah. So uh, yeah, hundred percent. And then there's the flip side of that. I was thinking about, I was thinking about it uh, today, how then there's the other side, which is, um, you know, when someone in your congregation uh, or, or what have you will, they'll share, you know, we were talking about Stephen Furtick earlier, mm -hmm. um, phenomenal preacher. You know, there's, he, he's a gift to this generation in regards to preaching. Like he's a preacher. He's a preacher's preacher. Like he can, like he does that he's well. You can tell he's connected to Jake's TD Jake's. You can tell like he runs in those circles. He's just a very gifted preacher. You know what I mean? I think that's undeniable. But with Furtick, there's been multiple times where um, Furtick has said something, and someone like someone on the church will share a video, and they're like, "That's just an on-time word. I needed that today." I'm like, "I said that Sunday." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah but you know, like, it's somebody different. They hear you every week. But you what, know? I'm, what I'm I getting, know. yeah, but what I'm getting at is like when you when you see that, and I don't take it personal. No, like, I, I don't get upset. I Usually, I share the video too. But what Blinded I'm by the familiar, bro. But what yeah, what I'm getting at is it's like we have in in many cases like we've even put like what kind of pressure is on Furtick to pump out the best message of his life every week? You know what I'm saying? Because like or, people do that. Or like, what about even scarier is. You get you get the the preacher or the pastor that knows he's gifted in front of a crowd and neglects the preparation because he's relying on his talent. That is a very real pitfall. Like there comes a point in all of our development that is that I believe that it, it's just a part of your maturity. Right. Where you begin to through just the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. Right. Positive affirmation from people who are trustworthy. Right. You begin to recognize those areas that you are exceptionally gifted in. Mm -hmm. Right. There's nothing wrong with knowing it. No. Mm -hmm. Self-awareness. We talk about that. But here's the problem. I know, like, for instance, I know you give me a Bible and a microphone. We can like, do work. Like, I know I can just go. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like I know I can just go. It's it's like it's just we, we were in, talking about we were talking about that earlier. When yeah. I was saying the re, I always bring my Bible up to the plat the to yeah. the to the pulpit for the one reason that if my iPad goes dead, if I got the main verse, we can do something. Yeah, we like, get, <laughs> you know <laughs> you know the problem is though that same strength. Isn't it crazy how our strengths can also work against us if we're not careful? <laughs> like outside of grace, you know, you know, outside of that posture of humility and submission, man. That's I just find that crazy that. You know, like you said, it's like, you know, well, 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 I didn't prepare. Man, give me that Bible. I'm a, well, that's the thing, because because you are someone who spends just knowing you. I've never seen. Well, mm -hmm. I actually, I have seen it here. But, you know, I know you spend a lot of time in study and in preparation and just you're a reader and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But if you had to, you could go months without prepping because, you know, the word 
and could probably preach and people wouldn't know that you're not doing that. Yeah. You know, and because you're relying on your talent, your talent to do that and your knowledge of scripture, but yeah. you haven't spent any time. You haven't spent any time. But you know in the what Lord. that's like though? That's like an aircraft that when the engines fail, it doesn't crash immediately. Oh yeah. 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 But it's good coming. analogy. But it's coming, but it's coming down, bro. It's coming down. You know what I'm saying? Like you got enough wingspan yeah, 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 yeah. that yeah. you can glide for a little bit. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's good, Doc. That's a good analogy. But don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's coming, that's coming down. It's coming down. You're coming down. Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, and that's why for us, you know, I, I know you're you're at this point, you're almost exclusively an exegetical guy now. Am yeah. I, is that yeah, correct? Yeah. You, you kind of, that's, for, for you listeners that don't know, you know, Pastor Aaron, his mode of preaching at his house, for the most part, um, is just kind of moving his way through the word, scripture by scripture, chapter by chapter. Yeah. Um, not, maybe not necessarily Genesis to Revelation, but that's a general mode of preaching, and mm-hmm. he'll move his way uh, to chapter to chapter. That, that not so much how we do it at TC, and that doesn't make any one of us better or not. That's a conviction Pastor Aaron has for oh, his yeah, house, yeah, yeah. and uh, and so that. But the reason I say that is one of the things that does is it forces Pastor. I mean, it forces you, bro, to to dig. You can't you can't just walk in there like you better know. Oh, yeah, because look, you can, once you get to like Ruth <laughs> or Numbers or something, you better like, Yo, look, you better have some going on. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. There, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched. Um, um, all right, this is gonna sound real funny, but do y'all remember Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Pee- yeah, oh, yeah, P- I remember oh, that. All right. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman, right? right? Yeah. So there is a scene in the movie where a pet store is on fire. Okay. And he has to rescue all of the animals, right? But in the store, he hates snakes. So in the store is like this, you know, this aquarium with snakes in it. And so he comes in the store, it's burning. He looks at the snakes and he's like, ah, and he just runs off and he rescues every animal, right? And then he gets to the snakes and he's like, I got to do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. There are some texts that I know that are going to be difficult, maybe for people to digest or it's just a subject matter that you just have to confront some very uncomfortable truths, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I look at them and I like mark them, bro. <laughs> like I'm yeah. like, like it's like a month out. I'm like, we're gonna end up there. We're I already, gonna, I already. Know. We're gonna have to do that. Let's put that on. <laughs> let's put that on one of them fifth Sundays, a holiday week or something. Here comes no. the emails. Here they come. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, and so, yeah, it does, man. It, it, it. Um, y- you have to wrestle with those things, but the yeah. Lord has been so faithful. Even in those, because one of the things I've noticed over doing this consistently over the past uh, uh, three years now is that those texts that I thought, all right, that's it. Church is about to shrink. Um, <laughs> that people are like, about oh, to grow by losing, you know, but the Lord, like he works. It's so, faithful, so man. yeah, it works, man. He's faithful. Yeah. Because c- the reason I, the reason I said that is, uh, you know, for us, so we, we're more of a topical mm-hmm. layout for us. So we, we go kind of topic by topic. Um, and in doing that, one of the things that we do um, as we because we plan the whole year out at one time. Um, so one of the things that we do um, is we make sure we navigate because what, what I'm what I was getting at coming back around to what we were talking about. We were talking about how you can just preach. You, mm-hmm. know, you could just go through the Bible. And if if you're gifted enough, you could just just go. You know, you could just preach and preach and preach, you know, whatever. Um and for us, one of the things that we do here is we the reason we preach in series and the reason that we are pretty specific on pinpointing what we're preaching about is so that we it forces us to dig. We can't just get caught up in the preach. We have to we have to, you know, dig. We have to study, you know, as pastors, we're responsible to the text to have content um, and to bring uh, to bring a healthy 
meal word for our congregation. Now it's not up to, we're not responsible for the outcome of the word. You know what I mean? So we're not, we're not responsible for how full somebody gets. Mm -hmm. We're responsible for putting food on the table so that people can, can partake uh, of that. And so, um, which I think is uh, just a healthy theology, anyways. Yeah. But can't no make, doubt, can't make them eat it. I can't. Yeah, you're I can't. Just, but I can put it. I can put it out there. Just a waiter. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, that I think that's just super super important that um, that we realize, you know, that even in that, like, you know, different styles, because I think that's one of the things that a lot of our uh, a lot of our brothers who are, you know, that you and I know, yeah, that yeah. are like the exegetical only type yeah. cats is they think they think that a lot of the preachers that don't do that these topical guys they yeah, just get caught like up a, in the preach. it's almost like a put down so i'm i'm, I'm an neglected. expositional preacher and they're topical where the truth of the matter is i believe that expositional not yeah, exegetical yeah. but yeah but because jesus is the head of his church even the churches that may not be expositional <laughs> they're preachy right. I believe that the Holy Spirit is faithful, that if the the pastors and leaders are praying, that God will be faithful to address the needs of that flock. Yeah. Whether it's done by, you know, expositional Mm -hmm. preaching or topical preaching, because especially if we're praying through, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen that when you guys hit those topics and I've seen some of the topics I'll engage. I don't (laughs) you guys aren't engaging some marshmallowy, you know rainbows in the sky stuff i mean you're, oh, you're, you're dealing with stuff because we're dealing with people and we're broken and we need help we need to be healed we need to be restored and we need to do that by pointing to the only person that can heal i can't self-help you into That's healing right. I can't self-help you into restoration i can't self-help you and we have got to point this thing to jesus yeah. and so um but i also know that there are many pastors who take the the liberation they take the opportunity to just preach whatever they want to kind of land the plane in the same spot all the time and it's mm-hmm. like well you know you got yeah. people that have talent they got real talent to, to public speak you know yeah, or, or even command a crowd and tell you know but you can get up there and you can tell stories and you can do all these things and, and make it all sound good and then at the very end just you know quote john three sixteen and then do an altar call and you know i mean and that and that's i'm not putting that down either yeah. i mean but yeah. you know they're you can rely on your talent when you know it's there. We have to be responsible. Let you guys something. Yeah. At this point, can't it's like after a while, right? Can't we tell the difference between swag <laughs> and and like and like genuine preaching? You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And and Absolutely. if I'm honest, I have to guard my own heart against that. Like to to like you know to lean more into charisma mm-hmm. than actual. You know, because I have a thing, it's this crazy thing in my preaching that, you know, I'm, I'm a nerdy guy, I'm straightforward, I'm a bookworm, but there is an element of humor that comes out in my sermons that I do not plan for. Same. That I do not, and, and it comes out and people are laughing and I was just, I joke with Brad that that's the anesthetic. It's like, I'm coming with the scalpel, just keep laughing, you know, but, but there's an element to that. And even with that, I had to learn to just kind of move on. You know, just 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 move on and keep yeah. it because even like when people respond positively to you, we can try to take God's shine. Well, mm. go go a step further because, and I think it's okay. I think one, I think if you're trying to plan the humor, it never comes off as is right. But when you preach two services in a row and you say something in the first service, it get gets a laugh. 
in the second service, sometimes you try to go a little, a little more, you know, just to, you know what I mean, right? Am I, am, am yeah, I, 100%, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. you know, that's why. And I just like I, I prefer first service, you know, just because it's, it's all new. As a listener, it's, it's, as a listener yeah, I prefer. Listener. But um, you know, you've all, you always seen that, or and, and or been or been guilty of, you know, you know, saying this caught a laugh, so maybe I can make this quote unquote joke a little better, a little funnier yeah. instead of just being, being you and rolling with it, you know, but yeah, that's and, good. Yeah, cause you're absolutely right. And even going back to the, like the, the swag thing, you know what I mean? Like we, there, there's an, I, I do believe there's an art there. There is no an doubt. Art. There's no an doubt. art. There's a science. There's a, um, you know, two great preachers and great communicators. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, and I don't, I don't think the art is always the same. You know, you take a guy like Piper, um, who had definitely has his own art, but you take a guy like Keller, who many of like, uh, man, polar, just different places. Yeah. Um, but then you, you throw Furtick in there. I mean, you, you know, uh, you can, we could talk all day long about theologically where we line up with Furtick, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, as a communicator, dude is solid. But you can also connect him to T.D. Jakes, who yeah. nobody in any room yeah. would ever be like, T.D. Jakes can't communicate. <laughs> like, phenomenal, you know what I mean? So there's there's an art to it. And I believe the guys that that pay attention to the art are aware of what it takes to to communicate the message in as good of a way as possible. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm not saying I need to be very careful that that like God gives us space and he uses our unique personalities. Yeah. to preach and to communicate. Like it's crazy like we're sharing the gospel preaching like we literally become the medium. Yeah through which you know like we're the vessel right and so it's not that the personality is wrong but if i'm leaning more like toward my personality to carry me instead of god's power and ability you know because what if you what if you had the best message to to ever to you had the message that this room full every person needs to hear what you have to say this day but you're crap at communicating you know then you're not that's why i think it's um that's what you tell people i think you should consider writing yeah right yeah yeah but you know so you gotta be like let me ask you this do you do you go back and watch yourself i can't you can't do it it's very hard is it it's okay. very hard for me to listen to myself and watch myself yeah force uh, myself too. because and i do i have to force myself to because i am man like part of it is part of it comes from a a, a place where man like the bible talks about how teachers will receive greater judgment yeah and it's recognizing, like, I take that very seriously. Whenever I stand before a group of people, God's people, oh. with my Bible open, then that I'm going to be held accountable before the Lord as to how I handled his word. Mm-hmm. And so my prayer is like, Lord, I pray that I've handled your word in a manner that's pleasing to you. Um, but the other part is I'm so stinking critical of myself. Man. So, so yeah, t- set the spiritual aside, like, yeah. right? So I think that... I, I use the word craft, and I don't know if that's the right oh, word. Oh, that's a good word. You know, because because when you talk, talk, take someone who leads worship, you know, as a singer, like singing is their craft, you know, so do they do things that is making their voice right? Do they warm up before they go out there? Yeah. And, and that's, why I, that's why I was asking about watching because, you know. Oh, and, okay. and, and I see what you're saying. That's what I, yeah, yeah. because, yeah. like, do you have a weird tick you do or, a, you know, uh, or, or whatever because, and then and then people that take their public speaking, the, the setting the spiritual aside, mm-hmm. the public speaking aspect of I take this serious and, you know, there's studies that show that, like Judah Smith, right? I, I love Judah Smith. Judah's a preacher, man. But you know what he does? He tells story. Yeah. And there's, there's, 
scientific research showing that when you when when you're telling a story, people pay attention better, and because they can connect. We it, were built for know? narrative, bro. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you know, he knows that. And then some people use like self deprecation, you know, self deprecating humor because when you self deprecate, it tells the person listening, yeah. oh, they're like me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, in that aspect, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I wholeheartedly see my preaching as a craft. Now, uh, I had a mentor used to always say, "You don't, you'll never know your impact until you get some feedback." And so I seek feedback, though, right? Like I have yeah. trusted sources that I Same. seek. Right, feed. right. Like, like for instance, in between services, I, I was, you know, back with with Brad and 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 Kyle, and I said, "Is there anything that I need to change?" I like I wasn't asking that out of false humility. Sure. <laughs> number one, this ain't my house. <laughs> True. You, right. You know right. what I'm saying? True. And, and number two, I trust that I know I was in the room with two brothers. That if I was off or if something was wrong or if something needed, like they would tell me. Because we care about you and we care about the outcome of yeah. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. So I seek out. So even though I don't listen to myself a whole lot, like I'm starting to do it more, I do seek out feedback. Yeah. Like, hey, and and Same. and number one source is Mrs. James, man. Yeah. Hey, man, the wife. The wife will do it to you. Like, let me tell you something right now. Good honesty. <laughs> tell you something right now. <laughs> If it wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, right. she'll tell you it wasn't right. You better know. Yeah. You know, but but I think your point is that when you're honing your craft, as we should, if God gives you a That's gift, right. it is our responsibility to develop it. And so we can't do that without getting adequate feedback. Yeah. We got to have sure. it. Got to have it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. 100%. And, and I think all of this is actually great conversation um, for even us. I think I, I think what our listeners are getting right now is is kind of a glimpse even into how we have to almost kind of self-sacrifice um, and how we have to pay attention to even like hero placement for ourselves. Oh, I think yes. what a lot of you listeners are getting is that, um, you know, there's tons of different ways and tons of different times where we say, oh, I would I, I would so I, I would love to do it like that. And God's like, no, no, no. But I called you over here. You know, like, oh, I would love to hit left-handed. Yeah, but I made you a righty. You know, what I mean, I would, I would love to play third base. Now, nah, but you're a right fielder. Like, he, he, he does that. You know, I would love to be a small forward. Yeah, well, you're six one. Like, go up. <laughs> like, you're a shooting guard, which means you need to practice these things instead. And that, that's what happens in all of our stories, um, and that's what happens in all of our lives. Is we are going to be constantly put in a place where God is saying, "Yeah, yeah, I know that's what you planned. I know that's what you want. I know that's the the arena." that you wanted to be in. I know that that was where you, I tell people all the time, people ask me all the time, do you miss leading worship? I say, absolutely. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, I can't sing. Um, I've gotten better at it over the years, but me at my best doesn't hold a candle to Adam and Anna and the other team members at their worst. If that makes sense. Like I could try as hard as I wanted to, to be great. And I still wouldn't be as good as they are on their worst day when they're sick and they need cough drops. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's where they are. Um, and people ask me all the time, they say, why don't you think God gave you that gift? I said, I know exactly why God didn't give me that gift because had he given it to me, I would never have fulfilled the call to preach because I would have been 100% content being that I would have led worship for the rest of my life. And I never would have fulfilled the plan that God had for my life, which is to preach and pastor these people. And so I would have stayed where I was comfortable instead of pursuing the purpose that he had for me. Um, and so he didn't give me that gift because he knew it was best for me not to have it. See, you highlight the crooks of the message with that right there. Yeah. Because I know you. Right. And, and you're a very accomplished musician. I mean, you're an awesome drummer. And, uh, and you know, you play other instruments as well, yeah. you know, and yeah. you could functionally 
Yeah. From a pragmatic standpoint, you could lead worship like you've done sure. it. You've done it. Yeah. But it's recognizing that and 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 enjoy it. Yeah. No, I, I love it. And that's not bad, right? right? But it's the good call thing. on Brad Livingston's life in this season is to be the lead pastor of Transformation Church, not the worship leader. And it's it's learning. How, and you said, man, that to me, it's not self-deprecation. It's it's a it's a God-given self-awareness mm-hmm. that okay, I could do this, I could make it work, but God has given us gifted people that on their best day, on their worst day, you know what I'm saying? I'm they better. can still outdo, yeah. you know, they're better yeah, than me at, at my best. Yeah. And that man, that's amazing. And I think that was I think that's that's part of the thing that David was exceptionally skilled as a warrior. David was built to fight. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even a physically imposing figure. Right. The man was graced by God to do battle. Mm-hmm. It, it, dude, it came easy to him. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like when he wanted to marry Michael and Saul was like, bring back, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, right, what, exactly. What, and he was like, that's all? Oh, okay, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, like, okay. Like, you know, David wrote poetry and stuff like that, but you couldn't run up on him. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because he right. killed He you. played the harp, you know but he saying? killed a lion with his bare hands. So, <laughs> And so I bring that because God was like, you were for the season of conquest. Right. But yeah. man, the season of peace ain't yours, man. Mm-hmm. That's going to be for Solomon. Yep. And it, it's he recognized that, mm-hmm. that I'm a warrior. That's what I do. Right. And uh, my son, he's going to be the one or, or whoever, my successor, mm-hmm. sure. will be the one to carry, you know, this next season. Yeah. Either a physical son or a spiritual son is going to be the one to carry. Yeah. And I, I agree I, wholeheartedly. And that's the, that's kind of the place that, you know, we're at with um, kind of even kind of bringing this thing to a close, man, is, is that God sees fit to do what is necessary to accomplish his will in our lives. And, you know, I think it goes back to, I think it goes back to holiness. I think it goes back to sovereignty for sure. Um, you know, and that's, that's just that God knows best. You know, I, I, uh, I had put out, uh, the other day on Twitter, you know what I mean? Is that, uh, at the center of everyone's theology has to be the sovereignty of God. Um, which begs the question that is God in control of everything or is he not God at all? Right. And, uh, and so is he God over our life or is he, is he only God over the parts of our life that we're willing to submit? And, uh, you know, news flash for you uh he's only god of everything or god of nothing so we don't get partiality when it comes to god's purpose in our life like we either give him all of us you know i love what chandler's been talking about lately in some of his sermons like it's all of us for all of him like that's the deal or there is no deal there's no part there's no partial partial commitment here it's all of us for all of him or there is no deal um and so some of us some of you listeners may be lying to yourself like oh yeah i've given i've given everything to god well have you have you given that career to god have you given that education to god you know are you pursuing some job somewhere that's going to pull you away from your purpose of what jesus wants you to accomplish (laughs) just because whatever like that if you if that's the goal here, um, then no, you haven't given it all because uh, God wants all of it. Now, God's plan may very well be to put you in that field. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God doesn't ever lead us down the path that he's already put into our hearts or whatever. I'm just saying, do we are we living in a state of constant surrender mm. by default, not putting ourselves in as the hero of the story? Um, because at the end of the day, and, and I, I love what you put, you kind of your last point for the whole thing, which was 
the way I read it and the way I took it was how could we possibly be the hero when we need a hero? That's right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in reality, we we are in desperate need of saving. How could we possibly be the hero when we need a hero? Yeah. Thank God that Jesus has done that. Thank God that Jesus chose the cross. Thank God that he chose to to save us. Thank God that he chose to step into our mess and pull us out of it while at the same time, thank God that he didn't just pull us out of our mess, but then he gave us purpose, Yeah, which is so, you know, which is, uh, that's a big part of what we talk about here at the church is, is fulfilling a purpose and what God has destined you for and built us mm-hmm. for. So huge part of our vision, which is why I was, I was really excited when you wrapped it up with that. Cause you know, God's, God's plan, uh, his purpose for our life doesn't change. Yeah. Like going back to what you said earlier, like we didn't, we don't catch God off guard. Um, so he's, he's choosing us in spite of our mess to make a story out of our mess. He's not putting us aside because of our mess. So, um, huge man. So good. It's good, brother. It was good stuff. Listen, Bishop Aaron James. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh man. We're, I, I am so, uh, honored, bro. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure on bro. Sunday. And, uh, man, it was, it was a good day. And, uh, Man, you can just feel it. There's a lot of energy in the room, energy with the with the church and the congregation. They were just so receptive, and and quite frankly, um, you know, we we don't we don't bring in a ton of pastors and other speakers here at the church. You know, we just that's just it's just not something we do a lot. And so I'm really excited for this series to have a number of names that, quite frankly, we talk about a lot. And that's what we talked about last week. Like we tell everyone we have overseers, but they rarely see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we tell, we, they, they exist, but I think it's great that, uh, and, and I think we may adopt this, you know, each year, just have a month where our overseers get to come in and be a part of, uh, be a part of our house, you know? So, um, definitely, definitely appreciate you, man. I love you, bro. Love you Very too, much, man. It's man. An honor. You and your family, amazing family. Uh, and so, man, we just, uh, we love you guys. We were just we were just reminiscing at lunch uh, about how long I've going back to yeah. bef- before Deuce was walking, and now yeah. he's eleven. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we've known each other a little bit, but um, and me and me and Jo go way back, way back, middle school, bro. Shout out Dreamland Skate Center. <laughs> hey, listen, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. We're gonna we're gonna get ready to get off of here. Once Justin starts talking about the skating rink, we have got, we got to, to get go. off of here. We so, got to go. Uh, hey, listen, guys. Uh, you can find Aaron James on Twitter and Instagram at Aaron James. That's E-A-R-O-N-J-A-M-E-S. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brad Livingston underscore. Uh, you can find Justin Oswald at Justin Oswald underscore Instagram and Twitter. Justin, tell them where they can find more info on the church. You can check us out at TransformationChurch.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Transformation Pensacola. Yeah, man. So, uh, hey, listen, if you like the podcast, please like it, share it, uh, subscribe. If you guys have not subscribed to our podcast, click the subscribe button. You'll get the sermons when they drop. You'll get the follow-ups when they drop. And uh, every time we put out something new, you will get it in your podcast inbox. Uh, If you're on iTunes or if you're on uh, whatever those Android things are. Uh, what where, what other apps are we on there, Justin? Uh, we're on um pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts. Stitcher, Stitcher, Podbeans, uh, yeah, Podbeans, all Stitcher, that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, you guys can find us out there. So subscribe, share it on social media, put it on Facebook. We'd love to see it out there. You guys got questions? You can tweet us, uh, or you can send us an email to follow up at transformationchurch.com and we will see you guys next week for another sermon, another week, and another follow up podcast. See you guys later.